0: Welcome and welcome back to South Florida, the official gathering place for newbies, novices, and LG Diehard fans of the golden age of primetime. I'm your host, Jed, and I'm viewing and reviewing the silkiest, subziest primetime storylines of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Saddle up, y'all. It's a side chick showdown in Dallas. We're jumping into one of the most exciting, not really action-packed episodes I've seen in the show thus far. So whether you're new to this and true to this, sit back and enjoy. Tell the kids to play outside or out of sight. Obey no questions, suggestions, or concerns for the next 20 to 25 minutes. Everyone else in earshot needs to be cool, quiet, or they will be kicked out. Because it's time for our stories. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Soap Lure. How you doing, darling? And I hope everything is showing up sunny just for you. Or what is it coming up, roses? Welcome back to another fun-filled edition of Soaplore. I am particularly excited about this because coming off the heels of Falcon Crest, I was, I was excited. Bad girls were kicking up a little bit of dust. They were mischievous. They weren't great. The supervillains were supervillaining. Big Ange is back on her grind. She's back to her focus. And it looks like everything is starting to really fall into place. No. We're reviewing episode 16 of season three of Dallas. This one is called Power Play. Very interesting title for very, very good episodes. This one is chock full of lessons. This is Side Chick 101. What to do, what not to do, who to step to, who to walk away from. This is a masterclass, okay? So I need you to pick up something extra bubbly. I don't think this episode will be super long. It's worth its weight in gold. jump into Season three, episode 16, Power Play. I'll start this episode off a little bit different and let you know who we're not really going to talk about today. We're not going to discuss Pam and Bobby. There is an entire storyline going there. Just know that they are fresh off the heels of her new promotion. Things at work seem to be going how they're going. Remember, she and JR went off on each other in the <laughs> on the patio. And that's where things lie with them. There was a sprinkle of Jock and Ellie and there was a splash of Ray and his lady. I think her name is Diana or I can't remember her name. I'll remember her name when I have to. Nothing has changed. I'm going to be consistent about that. The long and short of it is that Jock wants to take Ellie out a little bit more. He can still see that she's 10. She's not really herself yet. He wants to take her out, wants to take her for a dose, so she didn't want to go. She's not ready to be around people like that. And Ray and his lady are doing fine. They took out Pam and Bobby. They were chilling in the hotel room. And Ray learns that his new lady, his new wife, is going to be about $10 million richer here pretty soon. soon as she decides who's going to, I guess she got an inheritance or something from her ex-husband. That seems like a funny word to me, but I suppose that is what it is if someone passes away and it's your spouse. Inheritance to me seems like that would be a parent or an uncle or just some benefactor you didn't, you weren't. Uh, legally bind it to in that way, but she is coming into some money, which he already knew. Doesn't seem like he cares very much. He seems proud. I did catch a, a side profile view of him, and I'm like, he's giving Brad Pitt. If you look at him like that side dimple smile thing, he's like the OG Brad Pitt. That's it. That's all for them. Not going to talk about Pam and Bobby because this entire episode is about four people and four people in general. It is about JR. It is about side chick Kristen, it is about bad girl Lucy, and it is about Lucy's new love and JR's slimy lawyer boy euphoria. So many things come to mind when I think about this show. It's, I'm going to repeat what I said last episode, when you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Takes one to know one. Birds of a feather. The game recognizes game. All these things are basically a way to say, listen. If you stay ready, if you're prepared at all times, you don't have to scramble to get prepared. Be good or be good at it basically means if you are not good at being sneaky, then you need to be on the straight and narrow. You need to pick one or the other. Don't try to do both. Birds of a feather. Like minds stick together. They're attracted one another. Uh, game recognizes game means takes one to know one. Takes a thief to know a thief. So this episode, we got to start off with the bad girls. We have bad girl Kristen, who is actually, she's a legacy bad girl. She's born and bred into this. She has been trained from the time she was a young girl to be a trophy wife and to get that title by any means necessary. And I have big sister, Sue Ellen, wrote the book on it, okay? Miss Texas, bagged Texas millionaire, lives on a ranch. She spends her days... Doing whatever she wants at the present tent at present time, she's taking care of the baby. She finally bonded with. It looks like she's joined the ladies of the Alamo again. She seems to almost be back to herself. She is courting a new side dude, (laughs) and she's miserable. Yes, but she's taking delight in the small things. She understands what this life costs. She is dedicated to it. She doesn't fold. She barely lets anyone see her, her raw side. I think she let Bobby see it once and like her, her psychiatrist. And that's about it. Sue Ellen understands what she signed up for. Now, Kristen, mm, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen. Although she's a legacy bad girl, although she was born and bred into this, she, this is her first run. You can tell. She doesn't know a lot. She knows she's cute. She knows what she needs to do to perform to keep this man, this man in particular, because it's her sister's husband. But she doesn't understand the game at large, for instance. This episode opens with her in JR's office and she's chatting with him on the phone. JR is clearly in another location and it is dark outside, but Kristen's still in the office and she's working really hard. That's a mistake. Number one, how are you going to be the side chick? And you're having like, I know this is a job, but this is basically a vanity position. You shouldn't be busting your butt, but she is. She's at the office after hours waiting on his back and call, sorting out his calendar, doing all the things a cute girl does when she thinks she's going to be a wife. Big mistake. She don't understand it. Her sister has a ring. Her sister's at home. Yes, she's miserable, but at least she has something. She's at least achieved the prize that she was supposed to get. Kristen doesn't understand there. Kristen thinks she's important. Mistake number two, you are replaceable, baby girl. So she gets off the phone with JR and waiting in the other room is Euphoria. Euphoria, the lawyer who's been reporting all of Cliff's moves. He's been helping Cliff burn through this money at the request of JR. Of course, this is all very secret, very hush hush. So he's in the office and he wants to talk to the boss. Let me talk to JR. Did you tell him I was here? Kristen's acting like she's high and mighty, like she runs the show or whatnot. She's like, Psh. peons get talked to when peons get talked to. And he's like, oh, is that like, what's your problem? What's wrong? Here's a, here's a golden opportunity. Now, we don't talk about the bad boys as much on this show, but I will say Euphoria is as worthy opponent as anyone else on the show. He is definitely following in in. Following JR's footsteps in the villain category. He is a baby villain, but this is a thing Chris and Frias. Euphoria is a real lawyer. Whether he works for JR, whether he doesn't, he has a job. He is trained, he is educated, he understands the art of negotiation, and you know what? He decided to do the dark side of that. He likes a dirty deed, he ain't scared to get his hands a little bit dirty. So she's like, Well, you know, JR doesn't want to talk to you. You're about to be replaced. I don't know why she got so comfortable. I don't know why she's feeling so high and mighty. So Euphoria, he takes a step back and he kind of drinks her in and he's like, Oh, okay. I get it. Speaking of replaceable, baby girl, that's you. I may be gone when the campaign's over. Maybe, maybe not. But I think you're afraid of me getting too close to JR. She scoffs at this, like, how dare this peasant talk to me? Do you know who I am? Do you know how important I am? No, baby, you're not. So Euphoria is, he's kind of drinking her in. He's reading all the signs. Mind you, he has a real chick who he's hiding for the time being, and he is playing bad girl Lucy. Lucy is his side chick. So he says to to Kristen, you know, if I know anything else, I know that Jr. usually runs through these girls pretty quickly. So it seems like your time's about up. Now, she's been keeping a stone face. She's had a, a straight face this entire time until he says that sentence. She starts to crack just a little bit. That girl, Kristen, didn't really think this through. Yes, she got the apartment. Yes, she got the job. But what else can she really get? So he's gotten inside her head, right? Later on, back at her penthouse. mm <clears throat> JR is lying in bed and JR is kind of waxing poetic about how he's worried that Bobby and Jock aren't really taking, they, they don't trust him yet. She can't hardly concentrate on anything because she's starting to think, well, I mean, yeah, I am a side chick. He definitely sleeps around. It was super easy to get him. I wonder if he thinks I'm easy. So she asks him as much, J.R., do you think I'm easy? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if this is your first time joining us, welcome. I need you to know one thing. I never make up anything, but from time to time, I extract the essence of a scene versus giving you the verbatim dialogue. I'm not doing soap for theater, but I am paraphrasing this. I paraphrase what Euphoria said, paraphrasing what she says here. She does ask him if she's easy, and he's like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, you tell me. And then they end up kissing. In other words, he's probably thinking, yes, absolutely you are undoubtedly the next scene. it looks like it's the next day we see Batgirl lucy and her new boo euphoria out to dinner they found this really swanky new restaurant and they hit the corner like clearly they were like sitting at the bar waiting to be seated they hit the corner and they see jr and kristen okay so you remember euphoria is secretly dating lucy jr doesn't know about it yet I don't think. Yeah, he doesn't know about it yet. Lucy is going along with this because she believes that Euphoria hates JR. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Time will tell. I'll tell you what, with the exception of Andrew Lawyer on Dynasty, every lawyer on this show is mad shady on these shows. Euphoria is acting like Philip. We don't really know what side he's playing. He's definitely playing Lucy, at least for the time being. So they look around the corner and they see JR and. Kristen, now this, I have forgotten about this. This is Lucy's first time actually seeing Kristen and Jr. together, if I remember correctly. I think she's always known because, again, game recognizes game. She could tell from the very beginning what Kristen was about, what she was going for. You know who else could tell straight away? Sue Ellen birds of a feather all these girls run the same mind games on the same type of men so they knew exactly what was going on But nobody else has ever actually put eyes on it not from the family at least now i'm sure jock and ellie don't care but for the time being this is where they're at so lucy lucy is emboldened by her new relationship with her mom and quite frankly she's tired of jr's schemes it's been long enough she feels like she's a grown woman now and plus she's a Ewing. She's like, at the end of the day, what can he actually do to me? They decide not to run up on them at that particular moment. Lucy doesn't really know the full extent of Euphoria's involvement with Jr. I don't fully know the extent of his involvement with Jr. because he's keeping it under wraps. We'll just have to see what it is. But we do know that he's still talking to his ex, Boo. He is letting his ex know, or his current, his real lady. Listen, I just have to play this part for a little bit. This is a gold mine. Let me make her feel like she's in love with me. So this is when this episode starts to turn into a the the minor to major league side chick show. One thing is abundantly clear. Although Kristen is again, she's a legacy. She was brought up to to seduce a certain type of man, a wealthy man. She doesn't have much experience with a man who isn't wealthy, if that makes any sense. She knows how to seduce AJR. And we're going to use the word seduce very, very loosely here because ultimately she just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Would she have caught his eye otherwise? Probably. But if she weren't Sue Ellen's sister, would she be reaping the benefits that she reaps? I seriously doubt it. So she's in the minor leagues, when this is where a girl like Lucy, who is wealthy, so she knows all different levels of wealth. She's blind to the fact that Euphoria, who's like a regular, degular guy who just happens to be a lawyer, she's blind to his scheme. So it's like these women know how to, to deal with a certain caliber of man. Lucy understands a wealthy man and she knows how to make like a broke dude do what she wants through scheming and whatnot, but she has never, never been able to clock When someone is playing her. Never, not yet. Granted, I mean, granted that other kid was gay, so he wasn't actually playing her. But like, she hadn't been able to pick a good one out thus far. You know what I mean? Ray was just like a relationship of convenience. She could control him. She couldn't control another kid. And she certainly can't pick out a good guy. It seemed to save her life. That kid that she got in the, remember that shaggy vomit green band? She messed around and got kidnapped. Everybody in this family has been kidnapped at one point or another. It seems like Lucy knows how to deal with someone who's under the Ewing thumb or a wealthy guy. She knows how to at least clock a super wealthy, scheming guy. But if he's just like a regular smuggler dude who's scheming, she can't see nothing. Sue Ellen's little sister, Kristen, was raised to only have eyes for a man like Jr., And she's going to ignore the good guy in her life. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's. Major and minorly, they're both, they major in one thing, but it's very, very clear that they need a little more work as far as the seduction thing goes. The bad girls are doing their very best, but they're each being played in a totally different way. So a guy like Euphoria, like I said, he's a sleazy lawyer. Maybe he's not sleazy all the time, but he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. He's going to do what he needs to do. Kristen has messed around and pissed him off. She messed with the wrong one on the right day. He made sure he had time today. So I'm going to leave out just a little slice. That's not super, super important. Actually, no, I need to talk about that. Since I'm leaving out Pam and Bobby, I need to talk about the rest. Euphoria is still working for Cliff. He's still reporting to JR. It seems like he's on track to make sure that Cliff is going to drop out of this race. Only what JR hadn't actually thought about was the fact that some people actually want to vote for Cliff. So... JR is not really happy with the way things are panning out. But Euphoria is assuring him like, y'all don't worry about it. We're almost out of money. Uh, I'm going to throw a few more events that should do it. One of those events happens to be a roller skating disco party. Now, I don't know a lot about this era. However, I don't know how I feel about a politician having like, I don't it wasn't even a fundraiser. It was an open bar and there weren't even people. Half the people in there looked like they weren't old enough to vote. I thought you need a strategy. Like you can't get that caught up in a roller skating rink. Listen, don't get me wrong. I love a good roller skate. I love watching it. I love doing it. First off, I'm a little too old at this point. Not that I'm saying like age has anything to do with it. If you have been skating your whole life and you just never stopped, you're good. A friend of mine and I, we went skating like a few years back. I hadn't been rollerblading since I was 11. Let me tell you, I hurt everywhere, all over my body. And then it's much more scary if you haven't kept it up. am <laughs> like, oh my God, I could actually break something if I fall down. Never worried about that before. Glyph's party or fundraiser or whatever, whatever this is, is at a roller skating rink. And Lucy, at the beginning of the episode, she's talking to her homegirl and she's like, oh my God, I'm gonna be the cutest one there. I have the perfect outfit. So of course she shows up with her hot pants as they call them back then some suspenders and she's roller skating euphoria is on the clock plus this is a secret relationship sort of it's secret in the fact that if you're going to be at a political event there's probably going to be photographs taken this is the last place you want to be showing a lot of pda you know what i mean Lucy's not having it though Lucy's emotions get the best of her she tells her friend oh he think he's cute he's gonna ignore me I don't like being ignored so she just bum rushes a kid she spins around she starts to kiss him or whatever and bad girl Kristen is super pissed she's super furious at euphoria because you know he told her off in the office and guess what JR is starting to act like he's not interested because you know what You are a side chick. Again, she has forgotten it. Rule number two, you're not that important. She thinks she's important, but she's gotten big mad. She's figured out where Euphoria is going to be. And she makes a point to be there that night. By the way, Euphoria's name is Alan. So she figures out where Alan's going to be. And she shows up and she pays this guy $200 for his Polaroid camera, which ironically enough, they cost about that now. And she starts snapping these Polaroids. Snap, snap, snap. So she gets all these angles of him and Lucy, you know, in in semi-compromising positions. Not really. They're kissing. They're skating. It's no big deal. Like, it's out in the open. Nobody cares. And she's like, bet. I'm going to make sure this little scumbag, I'm going to make sure this peon gets fired by my man. She takes the photographs and she puts them in a envelope. And the next morning, JR is at his desk. She's supposed to come in and, I guess, give him his schedule for the day. Puts the Polaroids down in front of him. Smack. She's expecting a huge blow up. She's expecting him to lose his mind. But once again, she's overestimated his affection for not only herself, but for Lucy. So let's move on to Euphoria and then we'll come back and put it all together. All right. It's a good show. I'm telling you. Euphoria is, you know, he's closing in on it. He he is confronted by JR about the relationship with Lucy. And at first he's going to lie about it. Only JR has something else totally in mind because he's already had this little argument with Lucy. By this point, he's already confronted her about it, right? She confronts him back about Kristen. So now he's like, oh, my little pain in the butt niece. And for some reason, he's worried about Gary and Valvoline showing back up. So JR has devised this plan. He wants Euphoria to marry her, marry Lucy, and move to Chicago. He's like, if you do that, I got damn near half a million dollars for you, pal. So, of course, Euphoria is like, hmm, I could do that. That sounds very interesting. After the fact, after this meeting with JR, Euphoria has, of course, some decisions to make. He's a sleazy lawyer. He's a JR, but he's, he's, he seems to be a little bit more focused. You know, he's not as emotionally driven. That's the problem. The Ewings, Lucy and JR are emotionally driven. And Lucy is playing herself Thinking that by dating Alan, she is somehow getting back at her uncle who she can't stand. Kristen is playing herself thinking that she's going to actually take her sister's place. And she played herself by thinking that she is a quote unquote lady in J.R.'s life so she can treat everyone else around him however she wants. Like she has some sort of authority. I said it before, I'll say it again. Euphoria was a wrong one on the right day so after this confrontation from JR which turned into a wonderful proposition euphoria needs to stick it to Chris and he's like okay I tried to let it ride she she smarted off to me in the office I didn't appreciate that I was trying to be cool but now she wants to play games I'm gonna make her tuck in her entire career as a side chair so he does what he knows best to do he goes back to his apartment He doesn't get mad. He gets even. He picks up his phone. He calls a hooker. She comes to his house and he's like, listen, I have these papers that I need you to deliver. Now, mind you, there was a meeting earlier in the day or the day before. I forget y'all. They're not really telling me what day it is, but just no stuff happens. Okay. Trust me on this. They met at Kristen's and loosely her apartment, JR, Euphoria, and Kristen. And the whole time, Euphoria is treating her like a secretary, like asking for coffee. Could you make it just this way? Blah blah blah. And the person's expecting Jr. to stand up for her, only he doesn't. And this is this is part of Euphoria's plan. This is why I'm saying he's more focused. He needs her to feel insecure about her situation. She's already putting in these long hours. He's he's around her less and less. He's already not really answering questions. He's you know he's got a wandering eye. Even the other secretary in the office is looking at her sideways at this point because she knows that everybody has an expiration date. Now, Kristen's starting to know. So Euphoria pays for this hooker and he has this package. He's like, I want you to go down to Ewing Oil and I don't want you to pass this. You can't give this to anybody. But JR hands are fits full of hundred dollar bills. So the lady shows up and of course, she's gorgeous. And Kristen tries to intercept the package and the woman is treating her like a flea. She's like, girl, if you don't get on my face, I have strict orders to deliver this to the one and only J.R. Ewing. And I'm not going anywhere until I do. Kristen tries to get Buck in her face, but the girl, like I said, she's unfazed. She's a hooker. She's like, I deal with real stuff, baby girl, whatever. J.R. opens the door and he starts drinking in this gorgeous hooker. So, of course, takes her in his office, entertains her for hours and hours. Then he leaves. While Kristen is still there, he'd mess around and totally forgot that Kristen was working at the office. So now she's looking all sad and boo-hoo-died and whatnot. But euphoria proved his point. Like, little girl, stay in your lane. Do what you have been told to do. Don't get get smart with me. I'm going to make you tuck in your whole career. I'm going to leave the rest of the episode out. I'm going to leave it up to you guys so you can enjoy it. We'll recap it on the verses, verses, verses. In this episode, if it did nothing else... It taught you to pick your enemies very, very wisely. and don't get too comfortable. That's the problem with the bad girls. This is the thing I'm noticing. The good girls are way, way, way too naive, only they're just open about it. The bad girls are equally as naive on certain topics. Like on a scale of one to ten, the the good girls are like a three as far as the street savviness. The bad girls are probably about a six. That's a huge gap when it comes to matters of the heart, but they each have a long way to go. The men seem to be much more focused on power, you know what I mean emotionally driven yeah. Th- they're making a few mistakes in that in that category. however, Euphoria is on his Adam Carrington. I like where his head's at. I like where his mind's at. He knows exactly what he wants and what he needs to do to get it and you know what he has yet to fold. He hasn't he's not sweating. He's playing Cliff, he's playing JR, he could potentially be playing his girlfriend, he's definitely playing Lucy, and the kid is cooler, calmer than a cucumber, just like that kid on Euphoria, he was actually terrifying, he didn't, like a sociopath, he didn't seem to have any emotions, This, this kid is giving that, he's giving that in 1979, brilliant episode, I hope you guys really enjoy it, I'm gonna go ahead and sign off, and... Let's get ready to watch Dynasty. And oh God, I can't remember what happened. Oh yeah, Jeff is oh, Jeff is spiraling. Oh, I can't wait like to see. Let's see if Jeff continues to spiral. Let's see if Mark and Marcus count out. Let's see if Adam. <laughs> I'm just kind of. I'm just interested to see what Adam is doing at this point. know way, guys, I'll talk to you next time. Be sure to take care of yourself. Stay moisturized. Stay hydrated. Mind your business. And we'll keep all of your drama. Thank <laughs> you.